Hello, this is your fertility pharmacist. This podcast is for women who are trying to overcome infertility. If you keep a pulse on late-breaking fertility research, it could positively alter the course of your fertility journey like it has for me. While focusing on coronavirus is far from the main intent of this podcast, the information I'm about to share is compelling and relevant. So today I'll be discussing the newly updated fertility treatment recommendations plus what happened to seven COVID-infected pregnant women at a large New York City hospital. Let's discuss the impact of coronavirus on fertility treatments first. The American Society for Reproductive Medicine, for short known as ASRM, put out a document on March 17th to guide healthcare providers in the management of fertility treatments during this pandemic. Their recommendations included suspending news cycles for all forms of reproductive treatment, canceling embryo transfers, and moving patient visits online. ASRM recently updated their document of recommendations to be effective from March 30th through April 14th, 2020. What's changed in the guidelines since March 17th? Honestly, not a whole lot. This update seems like a detailed justification for why ASRM considers reproductive cycles to be non-urgent. The tone comes across as defensive or apologetic, depending on how you look at it, which implies that they received a lot of unhappy feedback from their previous press release. The two takeaways that seem somewhat useful are, one, they asked reproductive care providers to consider the urgency of treatment for women with diminished ovarian reserve, and two, they urge reproductive care teams to proactively offer psychological and emotional support during this time. If you're thinking this isn't a ton of new information, I agree with you. I'm glad that they've released something, though, as it implies that they're at least trying to stay on top of what's going on with COVID-19. Since their recommendations have led to clinics canceling cycles and postponing transfers, I sincerely hope that your emotional needs are being met right now. For additional coping resources, please check out the National Fertility Association's website, www.resolve.org, to get plugged into more communities and tools to help during these especially challenging times. Pivoting for the second half of today's podcast, I've gotten a hold of an article that will soon be published in the American Journal of Obstetrics and Gynecology about COVID-19 infected women giving birth in New York City during this pandemic. Though I've shared some reports from China in earlier episodes, this is the first scientific publication sharing what's happening to infected pregnant women at an American hospital. Thank you to Dr. Noelle Breslin and the six other physicians who took the time to write this report so the rest of us can learn from it. The report is about seven pregnant women who tested positive for COVID-19 at a large New York hospital affiliated with Columbia University. The report included a graph of the known baseline characteristics of these seven women, and I will repost this graph on my website, yourfertilitypharmacist.com. Of these seven women, five also showed the symptoms for COVID-19, which included fever, cough, and chest pain. Three of the five women were sent home, and two were admitted to the medical floor for monitoring and IV fluids. For the two women who were not showing symptoms, they actually came to the hospital to give birth. As mentioned, they both denied having any symptoms of COVID-19, and neither had a fever when they were admitted for labor. The first woman developed a fever during labor, and the baby stopped descending, so the doctors did an emergency C-section to deliver a COVID-negative baby. The mother's bleeding was uncontrolled and she was having severe breathing difficulties, so she ultimately was intubated and put on a ventilator in the ICU. She wound up testing positive for COVID-19 and was put on hydroxychloroquine. She improved, was taken off the ventilator, and went home four days after giving birth. Though she had given birth once before, her pregnancy was complicated by several factors. She was 38 years old, 
she had underlying type 2 diabetes, she developed a liver issue while pregnant, and she was morbidly obese with a BMI of 38. That means if she was 5'5", she weighed roughly 230 pounds. The second woman who presented to the hospital without showing symptoms was also there to deliver her second baby after a complicated pregnancy. This second woman was also type 2 diabetic at baseline and was morbidly obese with a BMI of 47. That means that if she is 5'5", then she weighs roughly 280 pounds. She was 33 years old. Of note, she also had chronic hypertension at baseline, which was unique to the seven women included in the report. She came in at 37 weeks for induced labor because her hypertension was getting worse. The induction of labor failed, but she had a successful C-section with a COVID-negative baby. 60 hours after showing up to the hospital and 25 hours after delivery, she developed respiratory distress, a high fever, a high heart rate, and low oxygen levels. She tested positive for COVID-19 in a test that came back after only five hours. After taking a diuretic to get rid of extra fluid, her breathing improved so she didn't need to go on a ventilator. However, her heart rate, blood pressure, and oxygen levels did not improve, so she went to the ICU. Five days after giving birth, she was still in the hospital for oxygen and kidney issues. By the time the physicians published the report, she was still in the ICU, so we don't know how long it took her to get better, assuming she is better. So that's what happened to two women who went to a New York hospital to give birth without realizing that they were infected with COVID-19. Since they were asymptomatic, they directly interacted with and exposed up to 35 healthcare workers who did not have on sufficient protective gear. This increased risk of healthcare worker exposure is a main reason why you may be hearing about support persons not being allowed into delivery rooms at this time. While the details for this report are incomplete, it was reasonable for the physicians to publish it without having the full story. This is par for the course with information being disseminated about coronavirus in general. Scientists and doctors are sharing what they know, even if it's only a little, because it might ultimately save lives. Hopefully, when this pandemic winds down, the authors will provide a fuller picture of what has transpired for these pregnant women, as well as for other pregnant women they see infected with coronavirus. Though we don't currently have a full picture to predict risk factors for negative outcomes with coronavirus in pregnancy, we do know that being severely obese increases the risks of complications with pregnancy and with fighting off infections of COVID-19. As more relevant information comes in, I will keep you posted. Links to the medical papers will be posted on my website, yourfertilitypharmacist.com. This is Your Fertility Pharmacist. Thanks for tuning in. 